One of them is a licensed attorney. The other is an unlicensed welder. They go together like toothpaste and mayonnaise. But if you want to learn about the law and about welding in one podcast, this is, well, literally your only option. We checked. Welcome to Law and Solder. Hi, and welcome to Law and Solder. I am your host, Chris Harris. I'm a licensed attorney. I've been licensed as an attorney in the state of Texas since 1998. I also am the former lead singer of the wildly popular cover band, Fives a Crowd. Also, former lead singer of the wildly popular cover band, Honest Mango. Also, current lead singer of the moderately popular, although Hard to get gigs in a pandemic cover band called Alamo Basement. My co-host is a welder. Welcome to the program, Jamal Touche Boucher. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Don't forget, you're also the uh, uh, lead singer of the wildly successful Better Off Dad. No, that's my daughter, Jamie. However... I'm kind of the co-singer of my law firm, Hudson and Harris. And actually, out of all of those groups, including Better Off Dad and my daughter, uh, Hudson and Harris has more YouTube hits than any of them. Yeah, I uh, I noticed that when I was when you sent me that <laughs> link that you sent me. That yeah, I I just I didn't know that there was that much. Uh, fruitful inspiration in oh. marijuana Texas law songs. I mean, it's like it's you've invented your entire own genre. That's yeah, and we're pretty impressive. As far as I know, we're the only people who inhabit said genre. You know, oh for sure, and probably that's a that's how it should be. Well, I I, I tell people, uh, not clients, but you know, normal people, uh, that my law firm has more YouTube subscribers than any other law firm in the state of Texas. Now it's a low bar, you know, it, sure. it's not real. I mean, who wants to subscribe to a law firm's YouTube channel? Um, I think for five grand, you can be a super YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Christmas is coming up. This is going to be our last, it's not going to be our last podcast of the year, but it is going to be the last one before Christmas, right? Yeah. So, did you get any good news at work about Christmas? Any? Oh, for yeah, I got some spectacular news. Um, COVID has canceled our Christmas party. Fucking COVID. Yeah. Um, no, wait. I would think that'd be a. I mean, <laughs> we're fairly similar. Maybe you were looking forward to the Christmas party. It's a thing I dread. So I would think that's a plus. No. Well, here's here is the part about it that I enjoyed. Um, was just the food. I mean, I'm disgusting and fat. And so, yeah, the, usually they would do like a, you know, a, a prime rib or something along those lines. So yeah, I mean, that was cool. Yeah. My job, my job description at work is I am the entire fabrication department and then also as needed. And that just means everything. So for instance, last year, I and another guy set the entire Christmas party up. We moved all the tables, all the chairs, put up lights, did all that stuff. So, How many people work there? 
Um, at our facility, I, it's it's under fifty, but I couldn't. I, I I honestly don't know the exact amount, but okay. And I mean, and they made you they made you set up like five tables. Those bastards. Did you have to weld them, or did, were they just no, already? No, no. This was just a yeah, like big, giant, long folding. The kind of tables that you had in your elementary school. Yeah, so uh, two tables. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and for some reason they wanted me to string up all the. We did it in the warehouse. They strung up all these Christmas lights. I don't know. It was it was fine. Yeah. The cater the catering for that meal that I was so looking forward to was only about an hour and a half late. And oh, then, you were feeling it too, aren't you? Oh, my boss was so pissed, and he's trying to like MC this party, you know, and keep everybody interested, and everybody is looking at the clock, going wow, this really should have, because it was during the work day. Um, we just got like the last half of the day off. So he put me uh, as as is custom in charge. So I was outside waiting for the caterers and then they showed up and I could tell you why that they were late because from the moment that they got there and I opened the door to their delivery truck, they were screaming obscenities at each other fuck you sarah <laughs> oh yeah well you know you don't know what the fuck you're doing dave and i was just like oh my god could you guys just hand me the stuff and i'll start carrying it it was really <laughs> weird because they were like at each other's throats reeling in that christmas spirit yes and then they walk and every time they would walk into the building it's just like they flipped a switch and they were all smiles and happy and yeah it was just it was bizarre but yeah i don't have to go through or get to enjoy any of that this year you know how it is when you're a performer uh you can be at each other's throats but you know catering time is show time so yeah. up come the jazz hands and they're all smiles yeah. and friends right <laughs> yeah so, the stage lights came up and they were just happy to be there yeah well, that is a bummer about your party. For me, I'm I'm totally okay with it because I'm, you know, for the last 15 years or so, I've been the guy who has to pay the caterers uh, and the Christmas bonuses. And, you know, I never understood. I was like, how could you not love Christmas, you know, as an adult? Because, you know, I mean, my family dealt with it by just drinking. And I was sure. like, why does everybody get all sad around Christmas? Well... And then you grow up and like fucking my property tax bill is due. Everybody wants a fucking bonus. <laughs> uh, I'm shipping out stuff. Anyway, I, I'm kind of grinchy this year and not. Well, and judging from your latest uh, hit YouTube, it, it sounds like you're having trouble collecting debts as well. What are you talking about? There. Oh, sorry. I, I took it upon myself to peruse through your other, other videos and <laughs> I happened upon the 12 lawyers days of Christmas. Oh, that was from last. And, that was from last year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind then. That was kind of fun. If, uh, to anybody listening, if you, if you haven't, um, seen or heard that don't bother. <laughs> what was weird about that particular video, um, was I, I don't really know you in as a lawyer, you know, yeah. I mean, you're my friend and I know you as a musician, uh, but mostly you're just, you know, Chris, my, you know, my best friend. And I do know that you revel in being at the front of the stage and with a guitar and watching that song, it took so long before you got to sing. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that has got to be just killing Chris because you literally don't come in until a good like halfway through. 
you know, and it was really, I, yeah, it was, I, it was striking. That's funny. You know, I, uh, I actually don't love, but like my favorite time on stage is not when I'm singing. It's, it's really not. Uh, I, I like singing backups and I, I like being a side person. My whole job, um, when it comes to performing, I'm just happier when I'm not the center of attention. And part of that's because yeah. as you get older, you know, I actually have to work at this now where I, I try yeah. and sing to keep my range, you know, so I've got like a, I mean, it's only a two octave range. It, there's not, I mean, I have to fit a lot in, into there, but it, I, I don't feel as confident, I guess, as I used to and lack of alcohol is probably part of that, but I really dig it. Like the reason I love Alamo basement so much is because my son's playing guitar and he is, I know guitar doesn't matter anymore in 2020, but he's like an <laughs> old school, like he started out learning Jimmy Page licks, you know, and he, I mean, he revels in, he plays in a band that's actually really popular. If you haven't seen the, really? the irons, you need to look at that. And they were just starting to really take off. Like they got a showcase at South by Southwest and then COVID hit. And so they've been stalled. But if you look like on Spotify, they have hundreds of thousands of listens there. Um, and it's all, stuff that my son just records in their house in Austin. Um, wow. But, you know, it's it's almost like more, it's like the Beach Boys, but jazz or something. I, I don't know. And it, what? I know. You got to listen to it. Um, the, well, it's the, the capital T. Irons. I-R-O-N-S. Okay. And um, yeah, it's not really my bag musically, but man, they're great live. Uh, they just get people dancing. But in his heart of hearts, he's kind of a, you know, he's a rocker in a world without rock. So I think in a yeah. way he would never admit it, but I think he does really relish being able to play like the solo to comfortably numb or, um, this will make you croak. Um, the solo to hotel California or the solo, to, oh, the solo to stairway to heaven. Um, all these just long epic, you know, uh, really note for note memorable guitar solos but he's really a great rhythm player i don't know i so i i do that band because i get to hang out with my law partner who i love my son who i love uh tom lewis who might listen to this someday he's got a pa so that's why he's in the no he's actually probably the best musician <laughs> i've ever worked with um and and the drummer is just the sweetest guy in the world i mean they're they're kind of my favorite people and I get way more juice out of being at a show than, than being the show. I think that it would be cool, or uh, at least you should do it, just uh, drop a link to the irons, like in the description. Do you know what I mean? Because we just you just talked him up quite a bit, and I'm interested. I'm sure other people would be interested, and yeah, you should you should do that. They are very popular, and they're very good, too. So I will do better than that. I'm going to insert an audio clip of the irons right here. Speaking of, is there anything besides podcasts that you're listening to lately, just music-wise? 
honestly, I'm going to tell you all about this band and I'm 99% sure that they're already broken up. Okay. But um, they were a band out of the Southern States. Maybe it was like Oklahoma. Maybe that's not real Southern. Anyways, they're called Manchester Orchestra. And I don't know if I ever even really mentioned them to you. You but did. And I can't say that I have a vivid memory. They, but they're from Atlanta, just so you know. Yeah, they everything that they've put out to my sensibilities are all albums where I don't have to skip through songs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty crazy because that's not normal these days. So I'm yes, and the reason you're saying they're probably already broken up is because of that. It's like any television show that I fall in love with is guaranteed to yes. last half a season. Yeah. And the lead singer is, you know, he's a bigger guy. He's kind of a he's kind of a heavy guy with a beard. I mean, he certainly isn't, you know, leading man material, which like blues traveler. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, he looks like he looks like John Popper's, you know, illegitimate son. Gotcha. Um, same exact aesthetic, but oh my God, he has a, a fantastic voice and they just have a cool kind of a, I don't know, man, it's like a Southerny, but it's, it's rock, but it's not like, it's not like a brace. I don't know. I, well, I think everybody should check them out and it doesn't really matter. Pick whatever album you can find, no matter which album that you choose to listen to, you will get a pretty good idea of what the rest of them are going to sound like. And yeah, I think, well, this sounds like a good place for me to insert some Manchester orchestra. I'm going to put in parts of two songs. definitely hear what you like about them uh i found another song from them and i'm just gonna play part of it because i really dug it I'll tell you the band that I got into more than any other in the past two years. Uh, and I don't know, man, it's like it borders on, it doesn't even border it. They, they do so much. Uh, and they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And you can see them with 30 other people in the room in Texas. They're called folk family revival. And it, 
it's not what it sounds like at all. Um, I, I believe that one. I, I'm going to say, yeah, I feel the same way that you've mentioned that to me God, the same way as the Manchester Orchestra. They just yeah. absolutely blew my doors off the first time I saw them play and they were all on mushrooms. So here's where I'm going to put in a live clip of them. I don't sing it about drugs. Probably. My dad used to tell me, don't play games unless they're games that you can win. Unless you do them with your friends that's live and to me it's flawless it just that's the whole deal with me with live music if you can pull it off live and those fuckers can are they local no well they're texas texas they're actually from from outside of houston they're just fantastic musicians and songwriters and i don't know man i i i've seen this band a few times and every time i just i sit there gobsmacked going why are these people and then i realize that they're really playing to an audience 30 years ago, even though their albums are new. It's uh so what size venues are we talking about? Oh, with these? dude, like are, are they playing theaters? Like Sam's Tavern, you know? I mean oh, they, okay. yeah, when, yeah. they they do some festival stuff, small stage festival stuff, but for the most part, no, they're just I don't even know how they're surviving right now because they right. were like full-time musicians, but they also they get a pretty cool Instagram page where you, they're like, Hey, this is I'm taking my grandmother's cutting board and I'm, you know, reshaping it and refinishing it to give it to my mom for Christmas, like that kind of <laughs> granola shit, you know? And yeah. I'm like, okay. And I've sat there for 45 minutes watching this guy use a lathe on a cutting board. And I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? I don't know what it is, but they are just. Why in- are you? I know. Really? It's engaging. Wow. It, it occurs to me that, um, you know, my dad used to listen to like the same shit that he listened to when he was in high school. And I always told myself I wouldn't do that. But while I don't listen to a lot of old music, I listen to a ton of technically new music, but it's all kind of in the same vein. I I guess what I'm saying is, even though I listen to new music, it's not really new. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. You're a big uh, singer songwriter guy. A lot of the, a lot of the artists that you turn me onto, that's a, you know, you, you drive down a pretty specific lane. Who's the dude with the the sound of a train not running? That guy, Chris Knight, and he was real country. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's when I think of like you driving down the road by yourself <laughs> in the car for a couple hours. That's what I picture. There's some of that. To. There's some of that. I'm also though. I got really into Phoebe Bridgers. Are you familiar with her? Nope. Um, now you're going to be.
fuck this week i was listening to miley cyrus's new record oh no <laughs> no man you lost, you lost a bet no it's fucking good man i like i'm her. sure it is yeah i as the older that i get you know you had all these stupid stringent rules about you know right. oh, i would never listen to that because i'm too cool blah 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 yeah i don't really right uh, all that kind of falls away. I'm still not a huge Taylor Swift fan, but it's not because it's not cool. I mean, she writes a lot of songs and stuff. I'm just not a, you know, same reason I don't like people like Reba McIntyre. I just don't like them, you know, period. Yeah. I'm not saying that they're not worthy of being liked. I just, it's not my, it doesn't push any buttons. Well, for she me. released an album that, oh, I mean, sonically captured my entire high school and in fact it's named after the year i graduated i think it's oh yeah 1989. 1989 yeah yeah the aesthetics to that recording i yeah i listened to it and i was i loved it i i didn't listen to it more than once yeah. i mean i'm gonna be honest but listening to it it was pretty yeah it was pretty entertaining just going through right now as i'm talking i'm just kind of looking at at you know the songs that i liked this year and most of them are most of them are new, but then I've got like, like for some reason, Radiohead, uh, House really? of Cards. I listened to that like a hundred times in a two week period. I just got really into that song again for some reason. So pretty much given up on writing at this point. Cause I'm like, whatever relevant I had to say, unless I wrote about politics, yeah. it wouldn't really matter. Every once in a while, I'll write a song about family, um, that seems to feel real but other than that it is nothing but novelty songs about areas yeah. of the law or i yeah. sent the video to you my law partner and i he, he asked me he said well why don't we go ahead and do this song contest and it's for a, a song for don't mess with texas which i agree is a pretty not a great motto for a state but um they need a new song and i'm like man if there's anything i excel at it's writing a 30 second song that has a fucking point. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so I got to talk about, um, I got to talk about welding for a second. Oh, sure. Um, so it turns out that around 2015, the wall street journal, uh, put out, there was some op-ed and it basically said that welders, Is this the one about Jill Biden. No, that welders, okay. 2015, that welders, welders, people who weld, uh, in this specific town in Ohio, were being hired at the rate of $150,000 a year. And so it started this conversation that largely got taken over by kind of right-wing media that college is fucking stupid. And if you want to make money, you need to go weld. And, and, and a lot of that still exists in terms of talking points. And I agree that we do need to be sending more people to trade schools than to sure. get liberal arts degrees. Uh, I, I, firmly believe. I mean, I think there are people who need liberal arts degrees if they want to do something like go to law school after that. But if they just want to work at Starbucks, um, I don't think the degree is, you know, gonna, it'd be fine if you could get the degree without the debt, but you can't really do that anymore. So it's just financially suicidal. So my question to you was, um, cause you mentioned this before that that there is a demand for jobs. Do you find that that demand is reflected in the pay scale? That pay scale that you were talking about sounds to me like something that would be in the realm of like underwater welding, which is 
super dangerous because you're, you know, underwater with at pressure with explosive gas and fire. And it's just a, uh, it's so dangerous that I, I've, it feels like, I mean, I've never done it, Me either. but I want to say that there's actually limits on how long you're legally allowed to even do that job because of the dangers involved. Now, something like that, which is pretty specialized, I could see, um, you know, hitting the numbers that you were talking about. I just wondered if, because a lot of people in the last five years have apparently gone to school for welding. The part of the article that I found more interesting was where they said, that in order to be a welder, you actually need to know something about metallurgy and chemistry. I mean, that's bullshit, right? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I, I certainly don't have degrees in any of those things. Hey, and, D yeah. equals M over V. What does that mean? Yeah. That's, that's yeah, see, okay. that I, I ask my kid. Yeah. Well, it's, that's fair enough. So, um, I appreciate you talking about welding. I know that it's the bane of your existence and you don't want to talk about it, but, uh, you, you were a good sport this week. I appreciate that in the area of law. Um, it looks like there was a meeting in the white house where they talked about declaring martial law. So that's kind oh. of a law topic. Um, yeah, the sure. shock, the shocking part to me was that there were apparently some people in this meeting who were against it. Who were thinking, no, maybe, maybe we don't. But the reason I wanted to bring up martial law is because <laughs> this, this notion, you know, it's, I don't know if you ever watched The Office, but there's this part where Michael Scott is talking about declaring bankruptcy and, uh, and he goes out into the street and he goes, I declare <laughs> bankruptcy. And they're like, it's not how that shit works, dude. Um, yeah. so, uh, so the idea that somebody would actually declare martial law has always been ridiculous to me because it doesn't happen that way. If somebody got up on the podium and said, I declare martial law, well, fuck, that's going to get people's yeah. attention. You know, it's I, not, I declare the Marshall Tucker band. So yeah, right. It's not how it happens. What you do is you send in secret police, uh, and take people to secret detention facilities without charging. Now, where them have anything. I heard that? That yeah. seems like that's, it feels yeah. like that's something yeah. that we should know about. Yeah. I, so I the, can't put my finger on it. So the good news is I don't think anybody in America will ever hear somebody declare martial law. I think, you know, fuck with all the, you know, fucked up flags flying around with blue stripes in them. Um, that, yeah. you know, it feels like 80% of our country would be totally fine with just declaring a police state right now. But in any event, that's my, topic for law. Martial law will not be declared. You know, a positive thing uh, that I started talking about last week, it relates to my college experience or what I remember of it at Stephen F. Austin State University. It looks like <laughs> the old band is getting back together. It's given me a feeling that I didn't know I possessed. It's actual nostalgia. Uh, I, I didn't know that that was in me, you know, I mean, I worked this job at this place called La Hacienda and it turns out that, you know, people worked there for 15 years throughout. Is that the, the house? Yeah, it literally is the okay. house. It's actually a, a historic home that was built in the early 1900s. Beautiful, beautiful home. Uh, the Hayden house, I think. Um, in any event, I'll send you a picture. It, it's pretty fucking stoked. When I got my job there, Keep in mind, I told you I had just been in this horrible wreck, right? Well, my leg was so fucked up that they couldn't fix it with a cast, so they had to put rods in my leg. So if mm -hmm. if you looked at me from the outside, 
it didn't look like anything was wrong, but I was being held together by pins and rods and shit. <laughs> and so I applied for this job actually in the in the kitchen uh, because I, I had waited tables before and I just I didn't want to do that. And anyway, they hired me as a waiter. And and that's when I discovered because I thought if I'm in the kitchen, I could stand by a sink. OK, I can wash dishes. I can do prep. I can, you know, stand in a place, possibly sit. Um, and I didn't tell them that I was like physically fucked up and they hired me as a waiter and I needed a job. So I took it and that's when I discovered that they actually had tables on the second floor of this place. Um, and <laughs> man, carrying those heavy, it was a Mexican food restaurant, carrying those heavy, uh, ceramic, you know how Mexican plates are. They're just heavy because they got to go. Whoa, into whoa, whoa. Watch oven. it. Hey, careful, careful. Yeah. So, uh, Carrying those up a narrow stairway with a broken fucking leg was a character builder for sure. Um, but it turned out there were I mean, just all kinds of people that 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 worked there and people I hadn't thought about really in 30 years who were like, oh, yeah, you did this and you did this. And hooking up with my band this week, you know, we talked last time we talked about, I don't know if this guy will get back to me. Everybody did get back to me. And they seem fairly excited about playing the show. So um, now these are the guys that you were just super raking over the coals, right? When you were saying all those horribly offensive things about these guys that you used to know that wouldn't return your calls. One of them. And I didn't say horribly okay. offensive things. I actually related. No, I, but, a, I, but, no yes. but you did. And, I, and in fact, if, if any of those people are listening to this right now, I would suggest <laughs> you go back to the previous episode and listen to the litany of charges that this piece of shit Chris Harris leveled against you. And it's we both true. know that he was for all intents and purposes, probably blackout drunk for, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, all these stories are going to be new to him. Yeah, they really are. That's man. what I think. I don't know if it's nostalgia, if you don't remember any of it, but maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was, it's nostalgia. I think nostalgia is not about like a, an event. It's more about a time in your life, you know? And, and my sure. college experience was different. I mean, I had a kid, I had a kid, I was married, you know, at 20. Um, and so, but I, it didn't slow me down apparently because I, I worked a job where I was going to be working nights anyway. <laughs> and then usually we'd start playing a gig at 10. So me getting home before two was just a rare thing anyway, because we played a lot. And, uh, and so I got to have like a sort of a normal college life in the day and then a normal bar life at night. And those two worlds, I mean, it's amazing. I probably aged 20 years during those six that it took me to get out of college. You know how I got out of college? Wow. I, I had taken, uh, I was a business major when I started and then I took accounting and that changed everything. I said, fuck this. So I said, I'll be something else. And I was, I, I, I'm kind of an Englishy major. Um, but anyway, at the, my sixth year at SFA, my wife at the beginning of the semester goes, Chris, we have to go talk to a counselor. And I'm like, I'll get my drinking under control. She goes, no, a fucking school counselor. You have to, you have to figure out how to get out of this school with a piece of paper. And I'm like, okay. So I went and I wasn't going to take any more Spanish. I had taken three semesters of Spanish and I knew I couldn't pass a fourth because I shouldn't have even passed a third. Uh, but I had to have another foreign language credit to get out. So I ended up taking sign language and geography my last, my last semester in college. And if you think I didn't party more that semester than any other, you don't know me at all. I'm like, ah, sign language. 
fucking got yeah, how many in it. how many years do you have to be enrolled in school before you're eligible for tenure <laughs> i mean it sounds like you were probably <laughs> getting pretty close oh god i didn't have the record though man watching this page there are people like okay i did from here to here and there'd be like a six-year span and then i took a year off and then it did here to here three years and i'm just like man that is wow yeah it was amazing i got into law school because even despite all the um money that i paid to steven of course that was different too back in the day you could i had a credit card that they would give you when you registered with no job it was like a ninja card no income no job have some credit wow. yeah which is a, a liar <laughs> card and uh and i think it was six, so wrong that they do that oh yeah. my god well i'm, I'm sure you, it's you got a t-shirt too and everybody got this credit card oh. and i would take the card and I would be able to enroll and put my entire semester on this one credit card. And then throughout the course of the semester, I'd pay it off. And then I would put my tuition on that card because then I had good credit. And they give me like an $800 limit. So then I could do all my tuition and like two books. Um, in any event, it is terrible that they do that. But we all survived. Um, we're doing the reunion show, though. And so I want to I wanna invite you from Redding, California. I was oh. sa save the date okay right. uh, and this is going to be i mean i really i, I want to fly my daughter in i'd love to fly you in i'm I, I want my family and friends to be at this thing um because it was probably the best band i was ever in but more importantly it's probably going to be like you know kind of the last hurrah for for that kind of thing um it'll be just chock full of 70s and 80s uh and some 90s music um and I, I think the song that was the biggest during the height of that band was probably Pearl Jam's Alive. And it's also a song that whenever I hear, it very specifically takes me back to that exact time. That and probably Smells Like Teen Spirit because they were just massive hits at the time. Back to back, too, as yep. I remember it. Yep. Um, and Pearl Jam was second, and I liked them better. I just, I just did. But in any event, um, it's June 5th, which is a Saturday. We're playing at the, get this, Bonita Creek Hall in Nacogdoches, Texas. Um, it's actually a pretty nice venue. It holds about 900. So that's the Lady the Lady Creek? Uh, I No, I don't think so. Is it Bonita? It's B-A-N-I-T-A. But I, but I don't know. If you want to feel better about this, just as an aside, uh, south of us, there is a quaint little town called Los Baños, which is basically bathroom. the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun place, too. Anyways, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, you know, it, we're, I went ahead and we, we rented a lake house um, for the band so that we could practice for a couple of days and just, just hang out. Um, and I, it sleeps like 14 people. So I would love to have you come to this stupid thing. Uh, you're my best friend. You know, these guys I've got a lot of history with. You'll, you'll like one of them. <laughs> well you're really selling it yeah that's yeah fantastic. yeah yeah but you get to meet you know some or at least see some more members of my family that you haven't seen in forever and yeah. uh n not that that's a huge selling point but it would mean a lot to me if you could make this trip um well, that is a uh it's 11 days before my big birthday yeah so and that's why we're doing it it's basically a 50th bash for a person that nobody that went to Stephen F. Austin knows um so i mean it's not that yet but it's eventually when you no, show I'm, when you show up there's going to be a big banner that says happy aarp birthday <laughs> jamal early bird special 
Yeah. So I've got six months to get amped for this thing. And uh, immediately, the first thing that I discovered was that I, uh, I, I have to figure out how to, uh, I can't sing any of the songs that I used to sing, not comfortably. Like I used to sing yeah. alive and it was very comfortable. And I tried to sing it a little while ago and pieces of my lung came up and it, it was, <laughs> it was just ugly and it's pitchy. And I'm just like, okay, well, I think just like running, you know, if I take it a little bit a day, I can maybe sort of get some of that back. Cause if you don't sing a lot, for sure. Yeah. It's a muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Few of them probably. Um, so what exciting thing do you have to look forward to this summer? You're supposed to say, uh, I'm going to see Chris Harris. I'm thinking school. about going to Texas yeah. uh, to see this shitty, shitty shit band that I've yeah. heard of. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it's going to be just a whole lot of hoping that COVID's over. Well, yeah. And that's, we're banking on that too. Hopefully by mid April, <laughs> you know, I'll tell you yeah. the last thing I'll say about this, cause I'm, I'm boring even myself. These guys all ended up being like doing something in music, something significant, you know? And the reason is, is because they're all really good. And I, I think just from a pure, I just think it might be a good show. Uh, sure. I, I'm by far the weak link. Um, and I'm just looking forward to, to seeing these fuckers. Um, okay. So last question. You ready? Sure. What is your hope for 2021? You know, I don't, here's the thing. I hear people say this refrain constantly, you know, 2020, worst year ever, blah, 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 blah. Can't wait for 2021. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of a made up number. Do you know what I mean? Like the universe doesn't know sure. when 2021 sure. is going to start. That's that's our arbitrary, you know, number that we came up with. But I just want somebody to take their foot off the gas. I don't really need anything more than that. I, I'm not looking for big, major, awesome things to happen. I just want way less super ultra shitty things to happen. And just, you know what I mean? Just like, hey, let's just let's just calm this down. Everybody take a breath uh, and go from there. I, I would be I would be very happy to never I, I don't want to know anything about uh, the politics of the next year. I, I'll be happy to not know anything about it man i think a lot of people feel that way and i think yeah um i i think there's such a hunger for you know i i used to be real arrogant about i'm still arrogant but i mean real arrogant about this idea that you know people are just ignorant and they need to tune in that was a fucking mistake most yeah. people need to tune out and just live yeah. their fucking lives and i think what people like me and you want more than anything else is to not have to fucking think about shit that ultimately, I mean, could vary. It's like having somebody say that a meteor is coming in every day. It just yes. fucking wears on you. And I don't know how much of that's real. Some of it, you know, you, you hear it all the time that the last four years have been the worst decade in most people's lives. Yeah. That's, that's how it feels. Yeah. And but there were three gonna, days in June. That was a decade. It, there was, I, I was going to bring this up to you and this is a good spot to do it because I found a show this weekend on Netflix that completely perfectly encapsulates my feelings on I gotta the political hear this. landscape yeah. right now. And I, I had never, I didn't know who this kid was before this, but I would suggest that 
anybody who feels at all kind of, I'm going to guess like I do, I'm pretty middle. I have some, a couple of fringy, probably, you know, opinions about stuff. But for the most part, I just, I, I really don't give a fuck what you do. I want you, I want you to do whatever makes you happy. As long as it doesn't make somebody else unhappy, I'm okay with it. Wear what you want. Fuck who you want. Yeah. Sing what you want. I don't yeah. care. Have a, you know, have a million guns. It doesn't bother me. Right. I yeah. don't care. Don't shoot people with them. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I saw this thing on Netflix and it's brand new and I, Chris, if there's one thing you've ever listened to me, it's going to be the following. Please go watch Andrew Schultz Saves America. Okay. There there are four quick little, I think they're like a half an hour. And if you start, it's like a, it says limited series. And I have never heard somebody put into where it's a comedy. I mean, it's, this guy's a comedian. Um, and a little bit of it is going to be kind of schmaltzy, but he absolutely nails exactly how i think i'm i'm thinking a lot of people probably feel and he lays it out and it's really funny and it takes on both sides is just exactly how it should be but yeah it's called andrew schultz uh saves america America. and it'll take you an hour and a half i want to say there's like four little half hour episodes dude the Uh, cell you you, you've done it i I will absolutely watch that i i spend so much time late at night after i put the headphones in and you know, wifey is asleep. Uh, I yeah. got a good three hours before I'm going down. So, yeah. uh, so I, I, you know, kind of scroll through uh, until I land, usually on a World War II documentary or something about <laughs> Hitler. Yeah, isn't that uh, weird? Why, yeah, why does that happen to us? I don't. What the fuck? Why does know. war become so? I don't know. Magnetic as we get older. That I, is a somebody needs to study that. Well, listen. Here's what I want to study because I'm not going to let this go by without trying to pick it up you did say i have a couple of maybe fringy ideas that are maybe not real mainstream what the fuck are those just i mean like when when people say like i'm a liberal or i'm a conservative right yeah uh, i i don't know that they would even be i mean by today's standards i guess they would be fringy like i'm not opposed to the idea of universal basic income. I think that that could maybe, I mean, I don't know, eventually it's so a, many jobs are going to go away. Yeah, I, it's I'm eventually going to sure. be necessary because fucking yeah. Amazon needs people to buy shit, you know, yes, and if and they I, don't have jobs, then yeah. Robots are going to be doing pretty much. I mean, it's already happening. Yeah. They have, they're testing, you know, self-driving uh, trucks, you know, long haul trucking. Oh yeah. I know. When that happens, that's going to put, I mean, Anyways, but each one of those steps is going to continually happen. And I think that instead of having to come in with every change that happens in our world and it, we wait till the very last minute and then try to put out this big giant fucking fire. I just don't understand why everybody is so against getting ahead of any of this. Yeah. Here's why. Uh, because number one, a lot of people's self-protection mechanisms don't let them believe that their job is going away. It's just a psychological phenomenon that will not let people, you know, because yeah. it's not just them. They're thinking about their kids, too. Like, there's no way that all the jobs are going away. And yeah, they're not. But that that's item number one. But the bigger issue is that <laughs> there are certain huge segment of the population that just cannot fucking stand the idea that somebody's getting over on them, that somebody's yeah. not working as hard, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
I, I see. Here's what I know about you. You're absolutely a capitalist, you know? Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, having some kind of a net like that, that doesn't mean that nobody works at all. What you're talking about is some basic minimum standard that people yes. can use to supplement uh, whatever they may be able to earn in the economy in every which way they may be able to earn it. The incentive is still there. Most people are yeah. not going to be happy. It's like the idea of welfare queens. Yeah. I mean, you can find that, you know, person out there, but you know, most people are on food stamps or working, you know? Yes. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I don't understand it either because to me, I'm like, if that motherfucker is getting ahead of me, good for him. As long as he's not stealing, you it's know. It's so contrarian to this. How many people, I mean, I don't even care what political side you leave. If you're a human being, I think it's a universal feeling that everybody, everybody that has a kid says the following thing. I just hope he has it better than me. And at the same time, if if they don't suffer yeah. just as much as you did, then they're weak and a loser. And I don't, I don't understand that dichotomy between those two you know what i mean if if my son has it easier than me and can get by without having to do the bullshit that i went through yeah that's great that's i think that's what everybody hopes i don't need to hear about well that's not how it was when i was a kid when i was a kid i had to do this and okay awesome but aren't you supposed to be trying to make everything better as we go along I mean, a hundred years ago, when I was a kid, you had to work in the coal mines. I, I I hope that nobody's hoping that their kid has to go work in the coal mines, you know. And I'm talking like little kids. So, I think all of that is very astute, and I agree with most of it. Once again, I want to thank you for participating in this kind of weekly conversation. I like that we talk about shit that's going on in our yeah. lives. You doing this every week has made my life a little bit better. So I appreciate it. I hope that we continue to do it. Okay. Um, Great. You go fuck yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you I'll, as well. Yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you in about a week. All righty, All right. buddy. Bye-bye. See you.